Tom Panos, John McGrath, Million Dollar Agent, live from Edgecliff, the fortress where John likes to call it. How are you, Johnny? No chocolate biscuits, Tom. I remember when I went to your office, you were very kind. You gave me chocolate biscuits. I'm embarrassed, Troy. We need to get chocolate biscuits. Yeah, right. So, uh, I, next I, time. Yeah, you know, John, I clearly remember that day. I mean, um, uh, <laughs> we pulled out all stops. We had to actually we stopped printing the newspapers for about half an hour while everyone was running around to make sure that we had the best chocolate biscuits, uh. that you were going to get good comments. So... Uh, John, how, how, how good is this? Like, winter is basically over. The cold and the darkness and that feeling that people have over winter is sort of going three days to spring. Yeah, very um, exciting. Grand Slam season. We know September, October, November is the time in real estate that when you look at your group certificate, those three months are equal to more than three months in your 12 months when you look at it, John. Yeah. Well, look, I, I, you're right. This this is the quarter that, for most agents, is their most important. And, of course, it's not only this quarter, but this quarter feeds into the beginning of next year. So the, the, the selling, the prospecting, the connections you make between now and Christmas, many of those will convert potentially into business in February, March, which is, we know, critical. It's like the five minutes before halftime in a, in a sports game and the five minutes after are really critical. Just that little time before Christmas and that little time straight after Christmas are very important for momentum perspective yeah and there is no more important thing in real estate than getting the listing at this time of the year the agent that controls the stock is going to control the marketplace prior to christmas and after christmas and this topic never goes away john how can we actually get better at getting more listings how do we um, outlist our competition how do we separate ourselves from the other three agents that go to a listing presentation? And I'd love to go into the John McGrath mind on what he sees. He's got the best helicopter view in the country with some of your agents that, and by the way, John, I mean, I've been looking at some of these agents, the numbers, $2 million is no longer four minute mile. There are agents now, I mean- Doubling that. Doubling that. This, yeah. is, a, this is quite extraordinary. I mean, we call the podcast Million Dollar Agent making it aspirational, the reality is that we have so many agents around the country that exceed that number now. Yeah, yeah no, no, it is exciting. And I mean, as Matt LaHood often says, you know, there's not much money running second in a listing. You don't get paid for the silver medal. This is critical. So, so I think you're right. As we're coming into spring, what's going to separate you between now and Christmas is your ability to capitalise and secure those listing appointments you're at, as opposed to running second by a few percentage points or a couple of inches. So a couple of things come to mind for me. Um, one which is probably more for next year, but I often say to my team, when does listing presentation begin? The answer is six months ago. So it's what are you doing today? Because people come January or February are going to start making decisions on who they interview based on who they see during spring. So they're going to see you at the top of your game or not at the top of your game. They're going to visit your open for inspections. They're going to check on REA and domain, the websites, and they're going to say, you know, well, who's got the dominant listings and so forth. So I think just as a quick reminder before we start this session is you've got to be on your game 24-7, um, and that's going to be your future. So as you call it, Tom, you know, traction agent strategy. So I think that, that's really critical. If we break it down, though, I think there's a couple of things for me. I was watching, uh, have you seen that show, the New York Listing? What is it called? Million Dollar, Dollar Listing, yes. I love that show. Yeah. It's, I, I it's good, it, isn't it? On, on Foxtel, I pre-record it or I post-record it or whatever it is, and I, I sit up in bed and watch it some nights, and it's fantastic. And I was watching one the other night on the weekend, 
and the guy Lewis, you know Louis, yes, really yes, a, well, yeah. they're all. I was going to say they're really handsome young guys. Yeah. They all they all look like you know handsome male models. They're all uh, and they're all. I think they're all very clever. Anyway, Lewis said um, it was at one of those reunion shows, and they were all sitting around a couch discussing you know what happened that season. And Andy, the host, said, you know, well, Lewis, you know, what changed for you? You seemed to go up a level. You shifted up. And he said, well, he said, a mentor of mine said to me, being likeable and enthusiastic is not enough. And he said, Lewis, you're likeable and enthusiastic. You've got to be bringing something to the table and adding massive value. So he said, I started thinking more about the business. And rather than just being, you know, like an enthusiastic puppy dog, I, I started being a businessman assessing the situation. And I think when you go into a listing, it's important to be likeable, trustworthy, and nice. Because that really gets you the ticket to play the game of can we discuss your sale. So that's 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 mandatory, but that doesn't get you the listing. Doesn't get you the listing. It just yeah. gets you the opportunity to continue the conversation. I think what gets you the listing, Tom, is when you are in the headspace of seeing, okay, here's a property. They want to have it sold. My job is to get not only it sold but the best price. What are the factors? I mean, what is the presentation of the home like? Is this something I need to have a really honest discussion? And often when I'm having that discussion, Tom, as you know, I still list property out there, a lot of clients are saying, no one's told me that before. I've had four agents through. No one's told me I need to style the property, I need to re-landscape it, or I need to do this. So I'm not sure whether agents are not thinking about it or they're too frightened to say something for fear of offending the client. I think you've got to be giving them the right advice and adding massive value. So I think it's really important to be looking for ways in your marketing, in your positioning of the property, in your identification of the target markets, and giving them a custom solution that works for them and their property and this time in the market, which is all, all of those things that are changing. Um, so I think you've really got to have a look at that. That would be, first thing would be, don't just be likable, enthusiastic and passionate, add to that real thoughtfulness and real massive value. Okay, that's, that's goal. And I want people to actually dwell on that because I think most people, John, rock up thinking if I present well, if I get there on time, and if they like me, I'll get the business and I'll get a 15, 20 grand fee. But we know in this new world, they're sort of saying, hang on a second, you're all pretty much the same. You all do look good. You've all got enough intelligence not to offend us. But if I'm going to spend 20 or 30 or 40 grand with you, I want you to be able to give me something more than the money I spend you and, and uh, spend with you. And what you're saying is having the ability to articulate a problem and give that a solution to that problem is what people are looking for. They're looking for a specialist. Exactly. And I think I love the word specialist. I often use it or interchange it with trusted advisor. You know, if you went along to a lawyer because you had a legal issue you had to deal with, you know, enthusiasm and, and excitement and positive attitude is not enough. Oh, we'll win the case. Don't worry. You know, you, you actually want someone to talk you through it, give you the options, recommend something, and give you reasons why. So I think you've got to be a trusted advisor to be successful. I think the other thing, Tom, is we can almost go to the other end of the scale. Let's work out what are what are the things that agents are doing wrong. Number one is they don't listen enough. Agents go into talk mode far too quickly. And I always say to my team, if you have an hour with a client, best let them talk for 45 minutes and then you make specific recommendations for 15. John, they've got this incredible habit. They listen to respond, not listen to understand. Mm -hmm. Exactly right. And that's where a brilliant listener that not only listens, hears, 
but they're thinking, okay, how would I feel if I'm in that situation? Because you're right, a lot of times people will say, well, I'm nervous about this, and an agent, bang, they go straight into some sort of objection counter that they might have heard somewhere in a book. You actually need to listen. And I say to people, you know, I could understand that, Tom. If I were you, I'd feel exactly the same way. I get why you, you know, that's, that's if I'm in that space. So I think not listening enough is a, a key error. And I say to my guys, out-listen the competition. Out-listen the competition. And, and that is a skill that a lot of people do not identify as a great skill. Um, and, of course, questions-based, we talk about, and that's probably almost an 80s or 90s term now, and Bob Boland brought that across to Eric when he first spoke. He talked about having a questions-based listing presentation, and I know Tom Ferry talks about it a lot. Uh, again, I don't think it happens that often. A lot of people have heard it. There'll be a lot of listeners driving along now nodding and saying, oh, yeah, that's important. If I videoed your 60 minutes with your client, what percentage of that is listening, asking questions, digging deeper, taking notes verse making statements telling them how good you are i think it's it's skewed the other way john i can't help as you're talking i'm picturing the word trusted advisor specialist and i'm visualizing what's an interaction look between a patient and a doctor at a surgery Mm -hmm. you don't have a doctor that jumps up at the first opportunity to say i'm excited i'll fix you up Mm -hmm. you'll have someone that sits there curious ask questions um dwells deep to find out what the issue is and then responds with intent on helping the person. Whereas in in real estate, you can't help it. A lot of agents say, oh, I'm supposed to listen, but really my number one goal is I want to close these people and get the listing. And I think that that's the exact approach that vendors hate. I agree 100%. I think the the medical analogy is a great one. Check my KPIs or my my, um, critical statistics. Ask me more questions make some observations, think, then give me some recommendations. Diagnose and prescribe. I love that. So I think that's really critical. So that would be an area I, I see massive improvement for, for the industry. The other one which is a constant and has been ever since I've been in real estate, Tom, is overpricing. People do not handle the price discussion appropriately in my view and observation, in the main. Of course, there are some great people at it. But people get caught up. You know, often there's this feeling that I have to tell them what they want to hear. Uh, in some ways, crudely put, the biggest lie wins. Some people's view, I don't, I don't subscribe to the view, but some people think, well, if I tell them more than the other people, they're going to give me the listing, which they might, which could be the problem. Um, so I think you've just got to become an expert at handling pricing. And I, I always start just a few tips for people and then I think they've just got to dig in and, and really you know refine their own but the first thing I say to a client is Tom you know this is not the day to decide the price for me this is the day to decide the process and to decide the agent that you think is best positioned to carry out that process um, because that's gold I've got to tell what you just said there John because the reality is it's the most difficult question to answer in real estate every day of the week. And that is, you know, what's it worth? And there's these agents saying, sign it up and then condition when you've got control. And you have so beautifully said it. This is not the time for us to decide on the price. price. It's to decide on the process. And who you think is best to. Now, having said that, I'll put a big dose of reality in because a lot of people are saying, well, that sounds good, but 
the but is, and I agree with the but, people want to have a discussion around price. So I'm not saying you ignore it altogether. But you position it that today's not the day to define it, finalise it, the market will finalise it. But let's have a discussion. So then I'll often say, Tom, when you bought the place, do you remember back as to how you decided what you're prepared to pay? And you'll say, well, you know, I looked around, I missed out on a couple of auctions, and I used to keep an eye on the newspaper as to what things were selling for, and then I, I sort of made my best guess. And I said, well, nothing's changed. The reality is today, when people are looking to buy and they find your home, and I would expect people to love this home, it's a beautiful home, they're going to look at what else do they think's been selling and try and identify which are the closest comparables to establish a value range, not a final price, a value range. Now, let's have a look at what we think will be the properties that they'll point to to identify that value range. Because if we are on the same page as the buyers, we'll then go to the market at a price where they're going to relate to. Then, this is the exciting part, then what we do is we create a competitive environment and we maximise that outcome, which is my job. But I think a lot of people don't have that either it's courage or training or discipline to have that conversation they shoot into price and they say well I think I can get you a million I think it's 900 to a million and you know that may or may not be the right answer and it may or may not win you the business but I think you're actually doing your client and yourself a disservice by not saying let's identify what the buyers will think are the most relevant recent sales if we can agree on that subset of three or four or five properties and we go to the market and we quote those three or four or five properties, I think we're in good shape. I think we'll then create momentum, we'll then create excitement, we'll then get people emotionally connected to the property, they'll move into it mentally, they'll start placing their furniture, and then all of a sudden we're in a great position to leverage all that and maximise the outcome. John, as you're talking, I'm picturing that I'm a vendor, and I've got to say, you've given me hope, you haven't promised anything, it's logical in what you're saying, and you haven't taken away my dream. Yeah. And I think that um, people that turn around and say, oh, I've got to overprice it or I won't list with it, I think what you've got to do is just have a much better quality conversation about the process, house price maximization and the strategy, yeah. and less so much about the promise, because there's a beautiful saying, John, it's the process, not the promise of a price that will have you solve for top dollar. Can yes. we talk about that process? Yes. Exactly right, and uh, I would love that people shift to have that really robust business discussion about what would we do to maximise. Because one thing saying we're better than the rest and we get a better price may or may not be true. The next thing is, okay, tell me how and give me some confidence that you actually have the process and the steps and the sales channels and the skills to do that. So I think that's critical. Um, the last one, I think, Tom, where people make a mistake there's sort of two areas of this. One is, I don't think they check in enough. They talk a lot about, well, we think you should auction, we think you should um, advertise in the local paper and on the internet, we think you should spend $10,000, we think it's worth 900 or a million, whatever. And I don't think they get enough feedback. You need to actually check in with the vendors. You know, well, we've, with the last six of the seven auctions we've sold in your street have worked really well. A lot of our clients have decided clearly that that's the best way to go forward, but what are your thoughts? And some people will say, well, you know, yeah, I'm convinced you don't have to sell me an auction. Other people will say, I'm petrified. The last four properties I've auctioned didn't sell. Some people won't tell you that, though. They'll just nod and they'll listen to your recommendation or nod, but they're thinking, I ain't going to auction with anyone. So I think you've got to get better at checking in to get feedback, because this is a you know, conversation, not a monologue. 
And then the last thing is you need to gain agreement, or as they used to say in the old days, and some still say today, nothing wrong with it, is close for the business. Um, if you've earned the right by doing research, by listening, by delivering a really bespoke, good quality strategy, you've also earned the right to see if they'd like to move forward with you. And I was coaching one of my teams this morning in here, we had a breakfast meeting just before the podcast actually a couple of hours ago. And you know, one of them very courageously and honestly admitted that she's really good at building rapport, connecting and making friends, but she gets worried that if she then starts to gain agreement or close for the business, that that could sort of ruin the, the yeah. friendship they've developed. And I said, well, you know, they didn't call you in because they needed another friend. Yeah. They called you yeah. in because they had a property, they want yeah. to sell, they're looking for a great agent. So whilst connecting and rapport building is essential and having them like and trust you, what's also essential is we get down to business. And I actually just said to her, why don't you start developing a few words that take you to the next level? And one of them that I use is, Tom, okay, let's get down to business. And I often say, I'm building rapport, I'm connecting, we're talking about the rabbit o's, we're talking about things that might be relevant and, and connecting conversations. And then we sit down and the cup of tea is poured or the cup of coffee and we sit down and say, great, let's get down to business. So for me, that's a switch in energy and they know that. So I think you've got to be able to move from rapport building to listening to recommending to gaining agreement. Yeah. So I think, you know, if we summarise that, as Lewis so beautifully said on New York listing or Million Dollar Listing, you can't just be enthusiastic. You have to add value. So what value are you adding? Um, Pricing or handling the discussion around price is vital, um, really critical, and having a question-based um, presentation. And checking in to make sure that what you've said is actually resonating, and if it's not, you want to hear about it. You don't yeah. want to like put that under the carpet, sweep it under the proverbial carpet. You actually want to hear if they are taking um, some sort of different view from you, you want to hear it during the conversation. John, two pieces of dialogue you said there which I thought were beautiful. What are your thoughts? Nice, clean, easy, sort of saying, where are we at with it now? And let's get down to business. And I think anyone that's listening to this podcast, if they believe that they've got the best intentions, they're the best person for the job, they've got an obligation, not just to themselves, but to that vendor, because that vendor is signing up with someone. And if in your heart you believe that you are the best person to represent them, you're doing them a favour as well as your business and your family. Yeah, I agree. John, thank you so much. We will talk next week when it's going to be spring. Yeah, well, it's exciting. Exciting time for our industry and our listeners. So go out there and try some of the stuff we've spoken about and check in with us, send some stuff. I know, Tom, you've got some feedback on your website. They go to Tom Panos. TomPanos.com.au. Go on there, post any information or questions you want to ask. It's about uh, time we did one of those. I'd love to, people to ask some questions on your website. No, they do. Okay. But why don't we encourage Q&A. Them? How about we do that, John? Next, Next session time. is Q&A from the website. Send us in your questions. Beautiful. Um, John, just before we head off, I can't help it. Troy Malcolm's got a tie on. <laughs> Troy, why are you wearing a tie? I'm worried. He could you be for a job interview <laughs> elsewhere. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll report back on what <laughs> at our next session. Troy, See you later. Troy or someone will be here with us next week. <laughs> See you okay, guys. see ya. Bye.